Nats Chat is brought to you by Walters. Make sure that you check out Walters' self-pour beer wool. Included on tap is Baby Shark IPA, Sunny Little Thing, Grapefruit Nectar, and more. When you do come to Walters, make sure to check out their spicy chicken. Cold beer, a great sandwich with fries, and a big screen TV is a tough combo to beat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. one pitch. Long drive, left field, down the line. If it's fair, the Nationals will lead. It's way back there, and it's gone. A pinch hit. Three-run home run for Lane Thomas. Puts the Nationals in front, 3-2 to two here in the sixth inning. The 0-2 to Riley. Swinging a line drive to left field, down the line. Fair ball, that's going to win the game. Swanson rounding third. Thomas's throw is going to be way short. Swanson scores, and the Braves sweep the series. And welcome to Nats Chat for Monday, July 11, 2022. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the podcast. The Nats are off on Monday. They could use the day off, off what happened with them on Sunday and what happened with them over the weekend. And hey, let's be honest, what has happened with them this entire season? A 4-3, 12-inning loss for the Nats at the Atlanta Braves on Sunday afternoon to complete a three-game sweep. Uh, Now, this was some game, three hours, 53 minutes. Davey Martinez ended up using seven pitchers and 12 position players. The Nats did rally in this game. The Nats have been rallying with some more frequency lately. Uh, The Nats on Sunday afternoon overcame a 2-0 six-inning deficit, but they then blew a 3-2 eighth-inning lead and then lost in the bottom of the 12th on a walk-off RBI single by Austin Riley on an 0-2 pitch from Jordan Weems. And so we have another loss for the Nats, and the numbers for the Nats this season continue to be very rough. Uh, The Nats now have lost 10 of their last 11 games. The Nats this season now are 30-58. and That is the worst record in the National League. The Nats this season have a run differential of minus 142. That is the worst run differential in the majors. And the Nats this season now are 7-33. and against the National League East. Yeah, 40 games against the NL East. 33 of them have resulted in Nats losses. Uh, Much more on the 12-inning loss at the Braves in moments. But we on Sunday evening got some Nats news. So the pitchers and reserve players for the 2022 MLB All-Star Game were announced on Sunday evening. Uh, The All-Star Game will take place on Tuesday night, July 19th at Dodger Stadium. Uh, As you probably know, each Major League team must have at least one All-Star. Juan Soto 
is the Nats' lone all-star, at least right now. Josh Bell is not an all-star, at least right now. Perhaps he'll be a part of the final vote. Uh, Perhaps Bell will make the National League all-star team as an injury replacement. But for now, Juan Soto in, Josh Bell out regarding the all-star game. Now, personally, I don't get too worked up over this. The MLB all-star game is a celebration of baseball. I think at this point, most people are sophisticated enough to understand that you don't use all-star selections as true measures of which players are great and which players are not great. You know, especially when you consider just like what an all-star selection actually is. It is a recognition of how a player has performed over the first half of a season. So if you say like, that guy is an eight-time all-star, well, that means that he had eight good first halves of seasons, in theory anyway. So, okay, fine. Like, what does that tell you about the entirety of that player's seasons? But yeah, I think most people understand these all-star selections many times are the results of reputation, not of how players are performing in those actual seasons for the all-star games. And I think by now, again, we have an understanding of how you truly measure who is good and who is not. So I don't get too worked up over all-star selections. The all-star game is meant to market the sport, is meant to celebrate the sport. You know, Juan Soto is a superstar. He is by far the biggest star on the Nats. Him being in the All-Star game, I think, is good for the sport of baseball. And it's not like Juan Soto is having a horrendous season. It's not like Juan Soto being a National League All-Star is some insult to the sport of baseball, you know, that it just strikes at the core of the integrity of the game. So I would say this, good for Juan Soto, okay? This does mark a second consecutive All-Star selection for Soto. But let's also make something very clear. The most deserving Nationals player of an All-Star selection this season is Josh Bell. Josh Bell deserves to be an all-star more than Juan Soto deserves to be an all-star if you're judging each guy on the merits of his 2022 season. And I do hope that Bell somehow finds his way onto the National League all-star team. I mean, if you want to do the compare and contrast, Juan Soto this season, batting average at 243, Josh Bell 304. Juan Soto this season, on base percentage of 398, Josh Bell 386. Juan Soto this season, slugging percentage of 473, Josh Bell 491. Bell outdoes Soto by quite a bit in both batting average and slugging percentage. And while Soto outdoes Bell in on-base percentage, it's only by 12 points. And entering Sunday, Josh Bell's wins above replacement for baseball reference for this season was higher than Soto's, 3.2 versus 2.9. Although, I will concede... Soto's Fangraphs war for this season entering Sunday was higher than Bell's 2.4 versus 2.3. You can follow the Nats Chat podcast on Twitter at Nats underscore chat. We put up a Twitter poll. How do you feel about Juan Soto making the All-Star game in a season in which he has struggled? And, you know, he has struggled by Juan Soto standards. I think it's important to make that clear. Most MLB players would kill for Juan Soto's stats. But the three choices were it's good for the game, undeserving and deserving of the nod. Uh, 47.9% of you said this is good for the game. 20.5% of you said that Soto was undeserving of an all-star spot. And 31.5% of you said 
that Soto is deserving of the nod. And I think the majority opinion is the opinion that I just expressed. This is good for the game. And I don't think it's worth it to get all upset over this. Like, oh, Josh Bell should be in and Juan Soto uh, instead got the nod. Like, first of all, Bell may still make it. But second of all, Soto is good for the sport. And if you're Major League Baseball, you need all of the help you can get when it comes to marketing the game and growing the game, especially from a standpoint of promoting young stars. And Juan Soto clearly is a young star. Now to this 4-3, 12-inning Nats loss at the Braves on Sunday afternoon. What a wild game this ended up being. And it is a shame that the Nats did not win this game. As much as I always say that wins and losses don't matter for the Nats this season, and by the way, they don't, you know, you watch these games and you get caught up in these games, and especially given the Nats' struggles against and at least teams this season, and the Nats struggles in extra inning games this season. I mean, I wanted the Nats to win on Sunday, and of course, uh, that ended up not happening. The number one reason for this Nats loss was the offense. The offense was really bad in this game. This was a 12-inning game, and yet the Nats in the game totaled just three runs and just five hits, four of which were singles. Think about that. Five hits over 12 innings of baseball. The Nats did work six walks, But the Nats went 2-for-12 with runners in scoring position. I want you to take a listen to something. This was from Davey Martinez's uh, post-game session with reporters on Sunday on the Nats offense. Here you go. We're not getting the ball in the air. We're getting too many ground balls, you know, and uh, we talk about it. Um, we got to start getting the ball up, like I said yesterday, and start hitting the ball in the air. Like I said, you know, there's, there's certain moments in the in the game where you you got to sacrifice yourself to get the runner on base, to move the guy over, you know, things of that nature. Um, we got to do a better job of doing that. When that's a collective trend, how do you address that? Uh, we keep working on it. You know, we, we we talk about it, we work on it. These guys understand it. And, um, we just got it. We just got to do it. I mean, like I said, and especially in those situations like that, where one run either way can you know you can either win or lose with one run, and we just got to get the job done. Yeah, and the Nats are not getting the job done right now. But interesting to hear Davey Martinez emphasize the Nats needing to do a better job of elevating balls. Uh, Now, this should not shock anyone, right? The Nats have really struggled this season to hit home runs. I talked about that a decent amount on the last installment of the Nats Chat podcast. But do you know who was considered a guru of elevating balls? The Nats' previous hitting coach, Kevin Long. Uh, who now is the hitting coach of the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Kevin Long was the Nats hitting coach for four seasons, 2018 through 2021. Kevin Long was Juan Soto's guy. Uh, The Nats' new hitting coach for this season is Darnell Coles. Now, I want to make clear, I'm sure that Darnell Coles is well aware of the importance of elevating balls, you know, of the importance of the launch angle. But it does stand out that Davey on Sunday said what he said off who the Nats previously had as their hitting coach, and that certainly in Davey's mind, at the very least right now, the Nats are lacking in the department of elevating balls, in the department of the launch angle. And the Nats' previous hitting coach, Kevin Long, uh, is considered to be a guru uh, of the launch angle. So, you know, I don't know that Davey said that as like some sort of cryptic message or anything like that, but I just found that interesting. And Davey's frustrated by the Nats' lack of offense, by the Nats' lack of power. I don't know how you could not be frustrated by that this season. The Nats just have not been very good offensively, especially when it comes to hitting home runs. Now, that said, the Nats' lone extra base hit in this game on Sunday afternoon was a home run and was a big home run. Lane Thomas in the top of the sixth, a pinch 
two out, three run homer to left field for a 3-2 Nats lead. What a hit this was by Lane Thomas. I mean, with the exception of the month of June, Lane Thomas has not had a good season. This has been a disappointing season overall for Lane Thomas. But boy, did he come through in this spot. The homer went a projected 402 feet for a stat cast. You know, it's funny with Lane Thomas because when he looks right, he really does look good. You know, and conversely, when he struggles, as he has for most of this season, he does not look so good. And he looks like a guy who is going to be nothing more than a bench player in his major league career. But when he catches fire, as he did for the most part down the stretch of last season with the Nats, as he did in the month of June, you know, when you see him do as he did on Sunday, you do say to yourself, like, man, you know, this guy could be a piece for this team moving forward. It's hard to know what to truly think about Lane Thomas. Like, if you looked into your Nats crystal ball right now and told me that moving forward, Lane Thomas is going to prove himself to be a legitimate building block for the Nats, I would say, okay, you know, I can see that. You know, and at the same time, if you looked into your Nats crystal ball and said, Lane Thomas is nothing more than a guy, and he'll be a forgotten guy by the time we get to the next time in which the Nats are good again, I could see that being the case too. You know, Lane Thomas is tricky with him. You're not sure exactly what to think, but he does do enough to keep you interested. And this home run on Sunday afternoon is a prime example of that. That was a huge hit for the Nats. And that changed the complexion of the game. The Nats went from having done basically nothing offensively the entire game to leading in the latter innings at the Braves. Again, this home run put the Nats up 3-2 in the top of the six. Hey guys, it's Al Galdi for Window Nation. Get yourself some Window Nation windows and take advantage of a great offer at 866-90Nation or visit windownation.com. Beat the heat with Window Nation. Save $200 off any style new window from Window Nation, plus pay nothing until 2024. Yeah, 2024. Lower your energy bills and raise the value of your home with new energy-efficient windows from Window Nation. Window Nation has installed over a million windows in over 150,000 homes, with 96% of those homes needing no follow-up service. And Window Nation windows are made right here locally in the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. If your current windows are sticking or are drafty or are cracked or are hard to open or are locking when they close, you need new windows Get yourself Window Nation windows, 866-90Nation or windownation.com. And make sure that you tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you and ask for the deal. Save $200 off any style new window from Window Nation, plus pay nothing until 2024. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. That's 866-90Nation or windownation.com. And make sure that you tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No balls, two strikes to Olsen. The pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck out the side. Acuna, Swanson, and Olsen all down swinging. An impressive seventh inning for Kyle Finnegan. The Nats bullpen, which overall was quite good in this game. The Nats bullpen once again here lately helped to keep the Nats in this game. Six Nats relievers in this game combined to allow two runs, one earned in seven innings. Andres Machado tossed a scoreless bottom of the fifth. Steve Ciszek tossed a scoreless bottom of the sixth. We arrive at the bottom of the seventh. Nats leading 3-2. Kyle Finnegan comes into the game. And Kyle Finnegan in the bottom of the seventh was masterful. A perfect bottom of the seventh in which he recorded three strikeouts on a total of just 12 pitches. And the three strikeouts were of the Braves numbers one through three batters. Ronald Acuna Jr., Dansby Swanson, and Matt Olson. This was another instance of Kyle Finnegan in a high leverage spot coming through. I mean, you can't ask for better than what Kyle Finnegan did in that bottom of the seventh on Sunday afternoon. The numbers two through four batters of one of the best lineups in baseball, that of the Braves, three strikeouts in a perfect inning to preserve a one-run lead on the road. I mean, what a job by Finnegan in that bottom of the seventh. But Davey Martinez then had Finnegan start the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Davey got greedy with Finnegan. And, you know, I I don't want to kill Davey for that because Finnegan starting off the bottom of the eighth wasn't nuts given that he had only thrown 12 pitches in that seventh inning. But Finnegan got got in that bottom of the eighth. He gave up a leadoff homer to Austin Riley to left field to tie the game at three. 410 feet per stat cast. And get this, Finnegan giving up this home run to Riley marked the Nats giving up at least one home run in each of 17 consecutive games. So on the one hand, you have a Nats offense that rarely hits home runs, although at least the Nats have hit a few home runs here lately. And then on the flip side of that, you have a Nats pitching staff that in each of the last 17 games now has given up at least one home run. So the streak continued with Finnegan giving up the bomb to Austin Riley. Uh, by the way, Finnegan in that inning also issued a two-out six-pitch walk of William Contreras, despite him having been down to the count at one point. Oh, two. So Finnegan on Sunday afternoon, one run in one and two-thirds innings. It's a shame because that seventh inning was something special. Coral Edwards Jr. then came into the game. He tossed one and a third scoreless innings. Uh, he entered the game in the bottom of the eighth with two outs, a runner on first, and the game tied at three. He did issue a two-out six-pitch walk over Orlando Arcia, despite Arcia having been down to the count at 1.12. But Edwards then recorded the final out of the inning, and he then tossed a scoreless bottom of the ninth, despite issuing a leadoff six-pitch walk of Ronald Acuna Jr. Then Tanner Rainey came into the game, and Rainey was good. He tossed two scoreless innings in extra innings, a scoreless bottom of the 10th, scoreless bottom of the 11th. So thumbs up, to Tanner Rainey, but how about what happened in that bottom of the 10th inning? So let's backtrack for a moment. Alcides Escobar, he did not start a single game in this series. He is barely playing right now. He is, in fact, pitching more than he is playing 
as a position player. Two pitching appearances, one start as a position player since the Nats on June 21st reinstated him from the 10-day injured list. He had been on that since June 1st due to a right hamstring strain. Well, Escobar on Sunday afternoon entered the game in the top of the 10th as a pinch runner for the Nats' automatic runner, Michael Franco. Escobar in the bottom of the 10th as the Nats' second baseman had quite the defensive moment. Two outs, Austin Riley on second base, game tied at three. William Contreras sends a two-out grounder toward Escobar. Now the set of the belt to pitch. Swinging a shot up the middle behind second. It's off the chest of Escobar. Deflects to his left. Riley's trying to score. Escobar's throw. Ruiz has it. The tag is in time for the out. And the inning is over. But Escobar does not field the grounder cleanly. Contreras, in fact, ultimately is credited with a single. But what Escobar does do is retrieve the ball and then throw out Riley at home for the third out to to preserve the tie. I mean, that was one of those plays that was going so wrong for the Nats, but actually because it went wrong, ended up going right for the Nats in that Escobar threw out Riley at home. If not for the screw-up by Escobar, there's no way that Riley would have tried to score from second base on that grounder. But because Escobar butchered the initial catch of the ball, Riley tried to score from second, and Escobar ended up throwing Riley out at home for the third out to keep the game tied at three. Sometimes it is better to be lucky than good, I guess. And then Jordan Weems was an ads pitcher in the bottom of the 12th. He issued a leadoff intentional walk on Matt Olson and then gave up the walk-off hit. Uh, walk-off RBI single by Austin Riley. Boy, there's a name that keeps coming up, right? Uh, to left field on an 0-2 pitch. And the Nats lost the game. The Nats now this season are 1-6 and six in extra inning games. The Nats now, over the last two seasons, a mere 3-14 and 14 in extra inning games. Boy, the Nats just do not win these extra inning games. And yeah, Austin Riley tortured the Nats in this series. Riley in the series, 6-for-14 with two home runs, a double, three singles, a walk, and five RBI. I guess now that Freddie Freeman is gone, the Braves need a new Nats killer, and uh, maybe Austin Riley is that guy, although he kills a lot of teams. Austin Riley is a really talented hitter. The Nats starting pitcher on Sunday afternoon was Paolo Espino, our guy, the secret weapon, and he was so-so. You know, Paolo the starter is not Paolo the reliever. Uh, It's been a different story with Paolo as a starting pitcher versus Paolo as a relief pitcher this season. You know, he wasn't awful on Sunday afternoon, but he again was pretty underwhelming for the most part. Two runs in four innings. He gave up six hits, although all six of the hits were singles. He did have four strikeouts versus one walk, and he did throw strikes. uh, 65 pitches, 42 strikes, versus 23 balls. Uh, Paolo tossed scoreless first and second innings, although he over those two innings gave up three singles. Uh, The damage off Paolo came in the bottom of the third, what ended up being a two-run Braves third. Paolo gave up a one-out single to Dansby Swanson to left field, despite Swanson having been down at the count of 1.02. Paolo gave up a one-out single to Matt Olson to right field. Paolo gave up a one-out RBI single to Austin Riley. There's that name again, uh, to left center field for a 1-0 Braves lead, despite Riley having been down at the count at 1.12. Paolo issued a one-out five-pitch walk of Marcelo Zuna, and Paolo gave up a one-out RBI sack fly to Eddie Rosario for a 2-0 Braves lead. Uh, Paolo Espino now this season, ERA of 342. Uh, that's over 52 and two-thirds innings in 26 games, including six starts. I mean, you look at these starts here for Paolo 
over the last few weeks as he, at least for the time being here, is in the Nats rotation. I mean, right now, Paolo Espino is starting for the Nats as a member of this rotation. He had a good outing a few weeks ago in a 2-1 Nats win at the Texas Rangers, June 24th, one run in five and a third innings. But since then, 8-7 loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates at Nationals Park on June 29th, four runs in four into third innings, 11-0 loss at the Philadelphia Phillies uh, last Tuesday night, four runs in three and two-thirds innings. And then we got the two runs in four innings in this 12-inning loss at the Braves on Sunday afternoon. A few other things uh, from this game for the Nats. Juan Soto did have another productive game. Uh, I do want to acknowledge that. Uh, He got on base three times. Uh, Soto in the game, one for three with a single and two walks. Top of the first, a two-out opposite field single through the left side of the infield to beat the shift despite having been down in the count at one point at one, two. So there's another opposite field hit for Juan Soto here lately. Uh, Soto in the Nats, three runs, six, a one-out five-pitch walk. Soto in the top of the 11th a leadoff intentional walk. Uh, Juan Soto in the series, five for 10 with two home runs, three singles, and four walks. So he had a good series. Uh, Josh Bell, by the way, did not have a good game on Sunday. Uh, 0 for 4 with a walk and two strikeouts, left three men on base. Uh, He grounded into a killer double play. Victor Robles in the top of the seventh, a one-out single to left field despite having been down to the count of 1.12. And Robles had a stolen base. Do you know Victor Robles is nine for nine on stolen bases now? This season, and the stolen base caused a throwing error by the Braves catcher William Contreras, resulting in Robles advancing to third base. But Josh Bell in that inning eventually hit into a one out 6 4 3 double play, and the Nats ended up not scoring a run in that inning. Also, having a bad game on Sunday afternoon, K. Bert Ruiz. Uh, he was an Nats starting catcher in all three games in this series. I don't know if he was worn down on Sunday or what. Uh, But K. Barrett Ruiz, off having been good in the game on Saturday, uh, struggled big time on Sunday afternoon, at least offensively. 0 for 5 with a strikeout. He left six men on base. Like I said, that's in the game 2 for 12 with runners in scoring position. And then there was Luis Garcia. And guess where Luis Garcia batted on Sunday afternoon? The number one spot in the Nats lineup. Boy, did this put a smile on my face. My only conclusion is that Davey Martinez is a listener of the Nats Chat podcast because I have brought this up multiple times, including uh, on the previous installment of the pod of the continued struggles of our friend Cesar Hernandez in the leadoff spot. You can always email the podcast, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. Email from James. I think Davey must listen to your podcast, Al, with your suggestion of putting Garcia in the leadoff position. Hopefully, now, Davey will move Garcia to second base where he belongs and get the experience there. As always, love the podcast and listen daily. Well, thank you for that, James. But yeah, Luis Garcia in the number one spot. Good job, Davey, doing this on Sunday afternoon. And, you know, it's so funny how baseball can work out because Luis Garcia, he has hit since being recalled from AAA Rochester on June 1st. But the offensive profile of Luis Garcia at the major league level this season has been very clear. He generates hits. He does not draw walks. And yet what happened on Sunday afternoon with Luis Garcia in the number one spot in the lineup, what is traditionally anyway, a spot from which you want to see walks drawn? Well, Luis Garcia went hitless, but he drew a walk. Garcia went 0 for 4 with a walk, did strike out twice. The walk was very impressive. Top of the seventh, Garcia drew a one-out nine-pitch walk despite having been down in the count at 1.12. But understand how rare it is for Luis Garcia to draw a walk. 
That was only Garcia's second walk of the season. I mean, how about that? He gets placed in the number one spot in the lineup, and he finally draws his second walk of the season. Again, that coming in the top of the seventh inning. But yeah, I mean, at least Garcia gets on base, usually via the hit and not the walk. But that's been the problem with Cesar Hernandez. He's not getting on base by any means here lately. And he overall this season is not having a good season. And he has particularly struggled uh, when batting as an at's number one batter. Now, also from Luis Garcia in this game was yet another shaky defensive moment at shortstop. Uh, Garcia in the top of the first made a poor throw on what was a one-out first pitch infield single for Dansby Swanson as Garcia made a backhanded catch of a grounder on the shallow left field grass and then across his body made an off-balance throw that pulled Josh Bell off the first base bag toward right field. So yeah, I mean, as we keep noting, uh, Luis Garcia is very much a defensive work in progress and it just may well be that he's a major league second baseman. But for now, given the Nats predicament in this season, continue to put Garcia at short and let's see if he can become better defensively at that more important defensive spot. And if not, then you go into next season with Luis Garcia as your everyday second baseman. You tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast Nats chat podcast at gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the Nats Chat Podcast, hit up Tim Shovers. Again, the email address is natschatpodcast at gmail.com. You can get yourself or someone you know a Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt by going to natschatpodcast.square.site. That's natschatpodcast.square.site. As we mentioned earlier, no game for the Nats on Monday. Next up for them is a two-game series against the Seattle Mariners at Nationals Park. Game one, Tuesday night at 7.05, Josiah Gray will be the Nats starting pitcher. Game two, Wednesday afternoon at 12.05, Eric Fetty will be the Nats starting pitcher. We are closing in on the All-Star break. Uh, This is the final week before the All-Star break. The Nats have concluded a six-game road trip uh, on which the team went one and five. And uh, you now have a six-game homestand to close out the pre-All-Star break portion of the Nats season. Two-game series against Seattle Tuesday and Wednesday. And then a four-game series against, guess who? Yes, the Atlanta Braves this coming Thursday through Sunday. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. Uh, Mark will be back with me on the next installment of the Nats Chat podcast. Until then, I'm Al Galdi. We'll talk to you next time on the podcast. And we leave you now with another look back at the month that changed everything for the Nats, the month of July 2021. And on this installment of the Nats Chat podcast, we look back at Saturday, July 10th, 2021, a 10-4 Nats loss at the San Francisco Giants, a game that featured the heroics of Joe Ross's dad. Yeah, if you forgot, wait till you hear about this. And a game that featured John Lester getting shelled. Eight runs, three earned in two and two-thirds innings. And yet, just a few weeks later, he was traded to the St. Louis Cardinals for Lane Thomas. And of course, it was Thomas who had the Nats' biggest hit of the day on Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Nats Chat Podcast. Swing and a high fly ball off a breaking ball deep left field. Back of the warning track is Parra with room, and he dropped the ball! He dropped the ball! Racing for third is Flores. He will get there, and the bases will be loaded. It hit Parra right in the glove of the warning track. Although it's a dud that includes quite the story, Joe Ross's dad apparently saving a woman's life.
This was breaking as the game was going on. A woman at Oracle Park started choking. Someone performed the Heimlich on her. That someone ended up getting a big cheer speaking to reporters. And that someone turned out to be Joe Ross's dad, Willie Ross, who's a doctor. So that's a pretty amazing story. What a job by Joe Ross's dad, Papa Ross, delivering. Unfortunately, the Nats didn't. But that's some job by Willie Ross. And to add to that, I mean, nothing's more important than than what you just said. But Joe Ross could have started today, right? If it weren't for the elbow, it would have been Friday or Saturday. The irony there is a little thick in terms of baseball sense. Yeah, that's an impressive family. The dad's a doctor. He's got two sons who ended up being major league pitchers. Uh, Not bad. That's a family that's done some good work over the years. 